I want to read something to you that the Holy Spirit wrote. And may the Spirit of God awaken you. Because tonight, he's turning the whole evening upside down, which we love when he does. And tonight, it's all about the lamb and the lamb's table. The birthing moment. The pregnancy had been arduous, and finally the moment had arrived. The air filled with rhythms of panting. The body jerked with lower back spasms and abdominal contractions to a depth no other birther had ever known. The loss of blood was life-threatening. There was no one to hold a hand, whisper comfort, or pray. And suddenly, a piercing scream of defiant life and then there was utter silence. The water broke, the blood flowed, and the transfer of life was complete. The body was broken. The blood poured out. The veil was rent. And the birth canal opened for father's children and the son's bride. He knew it was coming. He foretold it to his closest friends when he said, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood for you. Yet no one expected such a horrific birth. For the rest of their lives, the disciples would search and struggle and lean into the Holy Spirit to find words for what had happened. Later, they would call it salvation, sanctification, justification, healing, and the swinging wide of the door of the throne room of God to the musings and the agonies and the worship of human souls. To Peter, it was the formation of a family that had never been. To John, it was all about the pride. To Jesus, it was simple. Intentionally, affectionately, remember me. Eat, drink, carry me to the world. Be my communion table. That night before he shared the bread and the cup with him, John pulls back the veil and tells us what was in the heart of Jesus. He says, Jesus, knowing fully who he was, where he had come from, and where he was going, Jesus, John 13, Jesus in the fullness of understanding he was from the ancient past to the eternity of eternities. And in that moment, he had one thing on his mind. A tiny little group of men who had walked with him. 
And so he wanted to show them who he really was. So he takes off his garment, puts on the servant's towel, and washes their feet. It was not about washing feet. It was about, do you see me yet? Do you see my heart yet? Matthew explains it this way in Matthew 26, what happened next. They were reclining. That's important tonight. It's one of the key words for tonight. They were reclining at the table. When you have someone in your house and you say, oh, do you want to sit in the recliner? It means I expect you to stay a while. Make yourself comfortable. And so Jesus was even then giving us a cue. Pretty please don't rush through my body and blood. Recline with me. So I'm going to ask something very unusual. While you are repositioning yourself, I want you to get comfortable. If you want, turn around the chair in front of you and prop up your feet. Spread out. Because I want you to be like one of the disciples who felt like Jesus said, oh, recline at the table with me. Stay a while so you can move your tables, your tables and chairs, <laughs> prop your feet up, and I'm going to give you a few moments. Intentionally change your position. Do not stay seated just as you are. Intentionally move your bod. To say to Jesus, I'm staying a while, and then while you're shifting, they're going to come, and they're going to serve communion to you. So if you're listening to this, change your position. Don't just stay seated where you are. Shift your position to meet Jesus with a reclining of, yes, Jesus. I want to stay a while with you. I want to meet you at the table. Now, as they're passing out communion, sit it on a chair next to you because that chair is like your communion table tonight. This isn't a quickie, and I do not mean that with any insult. I'm not passing it out, and then we're going to say, this is the body, this is the blood. Okay, what's next? Put it on the chair or a chair next to you like it is your communion table with him. And let it sit in front of you. And now, as you're getting his body and his blood, and now, as you realize you want to come in to the posture of the disciples, they were comfortable, ready to spend the evening with Jesus.
thank you so kindly. Now, listen again to how the Holy Spirit described it. The pregnancy had been arduous. And finally, the moment had arrived. The air filled with his rhythmic panting. His body jerked with lower back spasms and abdominal contractions to a depth no birther had ever known. The loss of blood was life-threatening. There was no one to hold his hand, whisper comfort, or to pray for him. Suddenly, his piercing scream of defiant life, and then there was dead silence. The water broke. The blood flowed. And the transfer of life was complete. The body was broken. His blood poured out, the veil rent, and the birth canal opened for father's children and the son's bride. And as they were reclining at the table, Jesus took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body. We're going to pause on that. Did you hear what he said? This is my body. He did not say, this represents my body. We have read it that way sometimes, but that's not what he said. He was saying, when you hold this bread, you are holding me. This is my body. And as surely as Mary held the baby in her arms in the kingdom realm, beyond our comprehension, he said, every time you pick up this bread, you are holding me. This is not representative. This is me. I am the Lord of all time. And in my eyes, when you hold this body that is my body, you are holding me when I was in Gethsemane. You were holding me when they were beating me. You're holding me when they drove the nails in. You're, you're here with me as the God of time. This is my body. You're holding my body as I hung 
on the cross. You're holding my dead body that fell into their arms and they carried it to the tomb. You are holding me. My presence is on the bread. Do not be denied what was in his heart that night. This is my body. And all the breaking was for you. For your healing, for your strengthening, for every broken place. He says, here, this is my body. Put your brokenness on me. Let me take it tonight. Or let me take the brokenness of a loved one you're carrying in prayer tonight. And he lifted up the bread and he blessed it. He gave thanks that his body was about to be broken and tortured and martyred. He lifted it to the Father to say, I bless the breaking that's coming to me. I bless the pain that's coming to me. I bless the torture that is coming to my body, Father, because this body is being broken for the ones I love. So you do not have earthly bread in your hand. Jesus was very specific about the way he structured his sentences and the words he used. The early church believed the presence of the Messiah sat upon the bread and the cup every time. And it was only as time progressed that the church began to change it. So tonight, this is his body. You are holding in a supernatural realm by the grace of his words and the Lord of all time, you are there with him. And you are holding the body that Mary saw in the garden that was resurrected. And this carries his presence because he said so. So as you are, 
reclining at the table with him tonight. As they leisurely went through this meal, they would have been stopped suddenly because they didn't think the bread represented the body. They knew, he said, this is and shall always be my body. And whenever you remember me, do not rush me, for the presence will gladly rest upon it. So in the name of Jesus, you hold his body, and he said it was for you. Would you eat and receive the fullness of his body for every realm of your life. And then Jesus said, this is, this is my blood. In a mystery that only heaven understands, he said, it doesn't matter if it's juice or wine. When heaven looks at it, it is my blood. And Paul said, to the church at Corinth, to the people, please slow down. You're, you're missing all the healing and all the blessing of his presence that's on the bread and the cup. And he was saying, recline yourselves. Sit back, stay a while. This is not a meal to rush through. And he used the same sentence structure. This is my blood. This is the blood that I sweat in Gethsemane. This is the blood when they beat my face. This is the blood from the crown of thorns. This is the blood when they beat me for your healing. This is the blood that poured from my hands, from my feet, this is the blood that erupted from my side. This is the blood that I poured out so that we could have a new covenant and we could have a relationship that had never been before, where I pay all the price. And you just come, let me love you. In a realm above us and beyond us. Every time you take this and you are awake and your spirit is awake, you are drinking the blood of Jesus to cleanse your conscience, to cleanse shame, guilt, heartache, every realm of the earth. And every time you drink 
this and you realize, no, this is the blood that was on the mercy seat and pleads for me. You're drinking healing into your physical body. When you stop and recline with him. He lifted up the cup and yet again he gave thanks and said, Father, thank you. Thank you that not only is my body going to be broken, but my blood is going to just flow like a fountain. But I'm doing it for them, Father. Thank you. But it's not a love gift for one moment, Father. I want you to sit, Father, on the bread and on the cup every time they remember me. And I want it to be as if I am touching them. Children, I don't mean to be rude. This is a holy moment, baby ones. Sit. Thank you. Thank you. You know I never say that, but this is a moment. Thank you, babies. This is his blood. When the veil was rent, the shedding of his blood was so powerful, many dead people were raised and walked the streets of Jerusalem. This is that blood. This is that blood. For life of the creature is in the blood, Leviticus 17.11, and the blood makes atonement for the whole realm of your life. Every time you intentionally recline and you hear his words, then this is not a cup of juice. This is his personal drops of blood for whatever you need. Salvation, healing, deliverance, provision, who knows? But it is a covenant blood which covers every area of your life. And when the blood is honored, every obstacle, every hindrance, every oppression, every power of darkness must step aside. For he has supremacy in all. His presence is on the blood. As you drink and remember him, may his life explode within you. In Matthew, in Mark, and in Luke, they all three use the same word. Jesus 
reclined with them. That he came to this table. He spent the evening with them. And the bread in the cup was not done quickly. And he chose his words to say, this is my body, this is my blood. In essence, saying, if you will recline and awaken, the weight of my presence shall be upon that bread and that blood every time for you. That night was a night of servanthood, as you know, from washing feet to sharing the bread and the cup, from telling them about the Holy Spirit that was going to be his gift to them, to opening his heart and letting them hear him pray with the Father in a way they had never heard before. So now from the presence of Jesus to the body and the blood in them and the Holy Spirit upon them, he simply says, I I have one desire, Father. I want them to be one with us. I don't want them to live their life by their efforts, no matter how noble and good. I want them to let me, the Christ, live inside of them and be one with them. And let me fill their mind. Let me fill their hearts. Let me move through their body. Let me live. Oh, Father, I pray they would be one because then the whole world would know you sent me. They would be a people of such a nature like my nature, that they would carry my love and my forgiveness and my mercy and my humility and my authority to heal and deliver. Oh, if they all would just recline with us, Father, stay a while and let me live through them and let them really get to know me personally. The Gospels record that after he gave the cup, Jesus said this. He said, I I tell you the truth. I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in the Father's kingdom. And so when he was at this table, he was not saying, look backwards alone to the cross and the resurrection and what I've done for you. But also lift up your eyes and look ahead to what I'm asking you to be for me. I will share this same feast at the marriage feast of the Lamb 
Will you be there? Not just in salvation, but will you be a bride? Will you be a person who has longed to really recline with him and stay a while with him and let him get inside your heart and heal the brokenness and empower you to love people the way he loves and forgive and to carry him. Carry him to the world. He has always been willing to stoop low and to meet us where we are. And he always will be. But with that one line after the bread and cup, he was saying, I'm seeking a bride that will stoop low. Meet me at this table and let me carry her to where I am. to carry her beyond her own earthly realms and struggles and carry her through my strength and my power and my healing and my love and my forgiveness, carry her and empower her to be where I am, to see things of this earth with my eyes and with my heart. Yes, wherever you are in the journey, he says, I will and I will serve you and meet you where you are with no condemnation. But you can almost hear a wistfulness in his voice saying, here's the bread and the wine. And, but this isn't the only time. I'm going to serve you. I will be the host at the marriage feast of the Lamb. And he probably says, like he did to Peter, do you love me? Or many have rendered the Greek as him saying to Peter, Peter, do you love me with a love where I am so precious to you? It is called uncontrollably out of your heart for me, Peter. And Peter says, I'm fond of you. But feed my sheep, I trust you, Peter, but... But Peter, do you love me with a love where I'm so precious to you? It's called uncontrollably out of your heart for me. And Peter said, I'm fond of you, Lord. Feed them. Peter, are you sure you're fond of me? Yes, Lord. He's like, okay, that's all right. I'll take your fondness. Because if you just keep your heart open by the power of that bread and that cup, taken reclining in my presence, I can transform you, Peter. And someday I'll be precious to you. So he is... Even now, Jesus lives to intercede for us that we will receive the fullness of salvation.
the fullness of the gift, that we won't stay on this level that we have been in any realm about anything in the kingdom, not even the Lamb's table. For it is the Lamb's table. For it was the body of him as the Lamb and the blood of him as a Lamb without any hesitation laying his life down. This is the Lamb's table. And the Lamb is waiting for a bride who has a lamb's heart who has eaten at this table and, and let his body and blood transform personality and temperament and will and way and by the power of the spirit that one is now stepping into the nature of the lamb for a lamb must marry a lamb. Of course there is grace. But the bride is for the few who will make the journey to let go of their will, their way, even depending on natural gifts and abilities to say, Lord, I'm going to depend on you. Because no matter what gifts and abilities I may have, if I give them to you, you will lift them higher for your kingdom. So in this one table setting with his disciples, he pulled back the veil to a kingdom mystery that's been hidden to most of the church because we tend to pass down things without stopping and reading scripture. Please hear my heart. I'm not criticizing anything or anyone. We're all babies learning about the kingdom. But at this table, when he reclined and they stayed a while, he chose his words well. Affectionately remember me. That's what it says in the Greek. Affectionately, tenderly remember me. I am the body in that bread. I am the blood in that cup. And I am hoping and believing that just as I'm willing to meet you wherever you are, you will someday grow to love me, your Savior, and let me carry you to where I am and put my heart and my nature in you. And when the marriage feast of the Lamb comes, those men and women will be by his side. And it will be worth it all. So in the next few moments, want us to step in and I invite the lamb himself to visit you tonight feel free to soak in worship and may the lamb come upon you for his glory <laughs>